Tom Cruise. Wouldn't you do it? All right. You wouldn't All talk right. to him about Scientology? No, no. I would, 100%. I'd just be afraid that he would brainwash me with his like, <laughs> like piercing blue eyes. And I'd like, you know, he's like four foot two, right? Oh, yeah, but I, but I'd, I'd, I would kneel down to look into his eyes. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then I'd be mortgaging my house to, you know, to level up in Scientology. All right, L. Ron, take me away. Western Christianity has spent the last 2,000 years telling everyone they're separated from God. This is not church. With John and Nat Turney. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This is Nat, your humble and yet magnanimous host with my illustrious, estimable, follically endowed older brother, John. I said it, John. Follically yeah. endowed. Follically endowed. I don't even know I how to respond to that. I didn't say well, follically endowed. Yeah, I know you didn't say well. Because if you saw, like, well, I cover it with a hat on purpose. It's the power oh, of the okay. cap, right? You know about the power of the cap. Oh, yeah. Well, George Costanza made that very clear in Seinfeld. The power of the that, cap. That we were all born in the wrong century because the 20s and the 30s were a bald man's dream. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. I get there's, you. There's a, there's a camera where I work that I, I catch myself on from time to time, and it's a it's a shot oh, straight down. I hate those. It's, it's super embarrassing. And do you ever have those like holy shit moments? Exactly. Like, well, for a long oh, time, because you know, guy? you can't see the top of your own head, right? I know. So I for know. a long time, I I lived in complete and you know lovely ignorance. And I then I was like, I have to look at this camera for uh, for um, loss prevention reasons. So I'm looking at this camera, and uh, I'm like, holy crap. Why didn't anybody tell me I have that baloney patch on the top of my head? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Nobody tells me. And so from this point on, I only hang around with people shorter than me. So they That's can't right. see it. That's right. Well, so so this is not even remotely what we got on the podcast to talk about. But what the hell? Um, this is how we roll. Yep. But so so let's tell our let's tell our bald epiphany stories. You just told yours. That's good. Right. Mine happened differently. So, <laughs> okay. And yet similarly. So, years ago now, this has been probably at least 10 or 12 years ago on a road trip with Stephen and Aiden, the whole family, right? But Stephen and Aiden and I, we stopped off at a rest area and we played catch with a football, right? And we were still using cameras then. So, there are Someone's out there clicking, click, 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 and then you know, sometime later we get the we get the film developed. Um, and I'm going through these pictures, and there's this bald dude playing catch with my kids, and it's been long <laughs> enough. I literally asked the question, "Who the hell's throwing the football to the kids?" And they're like, "Dad, that's you." I'm like, "No." And I said, say, "How come nobody told me?" Because I can still feel hair back there, so I'm laboring under the delusion. That I that I'm just oh, I've got a receding hairline. No, no, dude, you're freaking bald, like Friar Tuck bald. So there you go. <laughs> um, it was heartbreaking. I was crushed. And then, um, like you, I try to hang around people who are shorter than me who can't see it. So um, well, but here, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm still living in denial. I mean, you can see, the, you know, people who can, you guys can't see the video, but I got this long hair. I got these long flowing locks. Yeah, you are the you you are the Gallagher of podcasting. Pretty much, yes. If I was to take this hat off right now. Yeah, it would be a completely different. The only you, difference is you don't have hair attached to your hat to add volume. That is true. That is true. Uh, that might be coming soon. You never know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just need to lean into this whole Gallagher of podcasting thing and start bringing props to the show. Yeah, things to smash other things with. I can get a. I can get a big hammer. Can you get? That can you get fun. a sledgematic? Oh yeah, I'm sure I can get one on eBay. Oh, you I'm can. Sure. All right. Yeah. 
All right, if you've stuck around this long, um, <laughs> first of all, bravo. Yeah, really. Um, your, your diligence and your um, uh, tenacity will be, well, I was going to say well rewarded, but I can't make that promise. No, no. But we're just, uh, John and I just decided that we would, we would get together and we would talk about 2021, our sort of, uh, what's the word, John, our odyssey in podcasting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we both went into this completely blind with no idea what we were doing. And I think it's painfully obvious from the first few episodes that we didn't know what we were doing. Well, let, let's, let's just talk about that. And let, I, have a, I have a list of things, I thought a handful of things and, and see where the conversation takes us. But right. that was actually one of my, one of my first questions I was going to ask you is um, what, what was the biggest, you know, for the lack of a better or less profane term, what was your biggest kind of oh shit moment? Um, when we first started, well, I mean, I, I, you know, I think we listen. You and I have listened to podcasts, and we've actually been on other podcasts, and we, so we have these uh, ideas that it's they make it sound like it's easy. Yeah, uh, Heretic Happy Hour, uh, which is one of the podcasts that I listen to pretty regularly. I had no idea that they had an editor, right? So I'm assuming that this is just something they're doing for fun. So I'd say the biggest oh shit moment for me was when I realized that. You and I had to record all this. We had to come up with some kind of intro music, outro music, and then it had to be edited. So, you know, as we're doing right now, there's a lot of uhs and wells and there's, and there's uh, points where we aren't talking because we're kind of just trying to figure out what we're thinking about. All that has to be kind of edited out. Yeah. Uh, to make it sound like we have, like we know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I found out really, really fast that this was a full time job, which, I didn't really have time for. So I think the biggest epiphany for us was, and thank God Jason Elam came in in the, you know, in the middle of this and said, hey, uh, I'm taking a break from my podcast for a while. I have a friend who, who edits my podcast and he might need some more work. Why don't you reach out to him? And I yeah, mean, and, thank God for yeah, Jason. And, and we've heard this before and we've said this before, so this isn't anything new to anybody. I'd, th- I'd say the biggest oh shit moment for me was, oh crap, this is another full-time job that I just took on. And uh, I'm not sure I have the time to do it. And then in the middle of all of this, you're trying to open up a coffee shop. Well, yeah. Well, there was that little, I mean, it did kind of, yeah, that kind of got away from me a little bit. <laughs> well, and so I, I, you know, from my perspective, you were the bigger, you were the bigger champion of this than me. It was your idea. You pretty much said just, hey, I'll handle all this stuff. You just show up and try to not be dumb. <laughs> and so I was blissfully unaware of how much how much work goes into it because I wasn't doing any of it. You know, I was just showing up. You know, my first sort of oh poop moment, see, I'll, I'll tone it down for the listeners, um, <laughs> was when I realized I had to go buy a new microphone because holy mackerel, that it wasn't cutting it, you know? Yeah. And so just that, just some of those things you don't think about. I and mean, now I look at some, who was, who's that guy we had on James Early just not too long ago? And he's got a full blown podcast studio. Yeah. I have like podcast studio envy, dude. Right. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This guy looks like a pro. Can you look behind me? I'm literally sitting in my son or my kid's game room right now. Yeah, I'm sitting in my living room with a with a hundred dollar Yeti mic and a laptop. You know, so the beautiful thing is that the technology is such that you can have all that stuff if you want to. Right. Um, I don't know that it. I don't know that it adds a ton of quality. Right. And it won't make up for the fact that you might not have anything worthwhile to say. And so, woohoo! Big, huge studio. You know, not, that was not pointed at anyone, by the way. I'm just saying, in general. You know, it won't make up for lack of content, sure. Just because it sounds really good. Oh no! Um, so that was the 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 biggest surprise for me was first of all, 
how much work goes into making a podcast sound like it doesn't take a lot of work? Yeah. Like you listen to the Heretic Happy Hour or you listen to uh, Messy Spirituality or you listen to whoever and you go, wow, that just sounds effortless. Right. You know, and, and some of that has to do with the personalities involved. You know, there's, there's that really easy interplay between Matt and Keith and Derek and whoever's, you know, whoever, Katie. And there is a real sense that those guys do like each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that does, they're, they're not, that's not a put on. They're just genuinely, and they rib each other and they mess with each other. And I love that, you know. Well, and there's like uh, Seth, Seth Price is another one that, you know, Can I Say This at Church, which is a really, really good podcast. Uh, it was another one that I, uh, when we were starting this, I, you know, I looked at his podcast and he was someone who has this like super dry sense of humor. Almost to the point where you know it's, it's sarcastic, and you, if if you aren't paying attention, you can kind of miss it. But he makes it sound so easy. But he's also very open about how hard it is to get to that point where it sounds easy. And that's something that I think we've also done pretty well. Is yeah, Eric has done a really good good job of making us sound smarter than we are in in a, in a way. I'm not gonna. I don't want to degrade our our abilities and and say that we're dumb because we're not dumb. But we can say some pretty dumb things from time to time that need to be edited out. And, uh, and, and Eric has been, you know, it's like, you know, it's like George Martin, right? With the Beatles, right? Uh, George Martin, without George Martin, I don't know if the Beatles would be who they were. Right. And honestly, without Eric, I don't know if we'd be who we are. No, 100%. I mean, I'll tell you what, if we had to go based on the strength of the downloads alone in our first three episodes when we were, when we were doing the work ourselves, yeah, I I think we'd have a I think we'd have some people who listened and paid attention. I don't think it'd be very many. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, these guys are cool. I like it. This sounds, but I can't get past the, you know, sort of the clunkiness of it all. And the so a guy like a a guy like Eric comes along. But that being said, the first one we did just you and me. I don't know, probably the roughest one. Yeah. We didn't even really know what we were doing. We weren't. We just kind of did that. We riffed on some stuff and improv most of it, kind of like we're doing now. One of our <laughs> lowest, our lowest downloads. Oh man! But you know, we had Brad Jersak on not too long later. No, I mean, yeah, we did a good job with him. I mean, he was good. We had well, you did solid. a really good job. I don't. You remember? That's right. You I, were. You were. I wasn't off. that episode. Yeah. That's right. Okay, so that was another. Okay, okay, another oh shit moment for me. I need a better computer. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was using like just one step up from a netbook, thinking that was going to do it. And uh, so, yeah, it's like, okay, what do we need to buy? So I I had already bought a pretty nice microphone, a Yeti, but I thought my little HP, whatever that piece of shit was, was going to handle it. Yeah, and then and, was a big uh, for no. whatever reason, it did for our episode and for Jason's episode. I think I was a little glitchy in Jason's episode. And then I think we introduced video with Brad because we we're like, okay, we, we want to have this, you know, we want to be able to use the potentially use the video for Brad's video uh, episode. So I introduced video into that episode, and I basically spent the whole episode keeping my computer from crashing, so you and Bradley could talk. Uh, I don't know if you know. I, I think we've talked about this, but I I basically spent it was about every thirty seconds hitting a button saying, "Don't close this." Don't close this program. Don't close this. Don't close this. That's all I did for that hour. Whenever you guys talk, it was it was a little disheartening because Bradley Jersak is uh, one of my heroes, and I definitely had things I wanted to talk about. You guys did a great job. I just was somewhat absent. Well, then we got to have him back. So, well, yeah, and then we we had him back, which was awesome. So we've had some uh, some some moments there. You know, I was also surprised 
and it was, I guess, a pleasant. So there are those oh no moments, you know, that you know you sometimes feel like you've bitten off more than you can chew. But there were some pleasant surprises too, and one of the one of the most one of the pleasant surprises for me was how many people said yes. Yeah, like I, so much so that I got a little cocky. And I wasn't really for prepared a bit, for the first for a minute. No. I think I was too. I was. I, I, <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, they all want to be on the show." But it was pretty much everybody we reached out, to. and part of that was a, you know, it, it it became the definition of a good problem, which was, "Oh man, they've all said yes. Now we have to schedule all of these and get them right. all, you know, booked and find time for everybody." And, and it, isn't it another issue with like I think uh, Heretic Happy Hour does this too? You know, we we kind of sandbag episodes, right? So, oh yeah, and but what we learned really quick is you kind of have to move some shit around, right? You want to help people. Part of our podcast is to help new and new authors, upcoming authors, uh, people with with new content. I thought it's another one of those moments where it was like I thought this would just all be linear. I thought we'd record, and then every episode would go in order that we recorded them, and then you find out that that doesn't really work because you want to help these people. You want to help them work with their product. Well, right. I mean, if their book's going to drop next week, I don't want to drop the episode in a month and a half. Right. So we've made accommodations for folks that we know. I mean, Brian Zahn is a good example of like his yeah. book was getting ready to go out. Um, Jared Bias had a book coming out, right? Jonathan Foster, whose episode just recently came down. And, and that was yeah. that's one of our most recent episodes that we interviewed and one of the most, most recent episodes we dropped. It was interesting because that was one... People ask me from time to time how we got some of the people that we... Because some of the people we got on... I was, I, I was unaware that they were a little bit of a big deal. So Kristen Dumay, yeah, was just about to drop Jesus and John Wayne in paperback. It had been out for a little while, right, um, in hardback. But she was, and so when I reached out to her, it was perfect timing because she was like, "Well, my publisher is about to put out the paperback of this, and we've revised it and added a few things. And yeah, if we could get this done before then, and that was the deal we made. It was like, absolutely, let's have you on. We'll make sure that we put this out." in time for that to drop. And I think, you know, you know, she can come on the show later on and dispute this, but uh, she was on the New York Times bestseller list. Coincidence? I don't think so. <laughs> it's because of us. I'm thinking you owe at least a fraction of a percentage point of your success. No, but that was it. And that was one of those ones that I, I knew of her and she was, a, you know, her name got floated by one of our people in our private group. You know, and it just was a list of people that were like, hey, this person, this person. And I kind of shotgunned a lot of those out. And she was one that I was aware of. I knew, I knew, I knew the name. And then when we had her on, it was just like, she blew my freaking mind. Yeah. Like that was so good. Like I enjoyed every second of that conversation with her. Yeah. I just, I always love talking to smart people. And then her, it wasn't just smart. It's, it's this insight that she brings to stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because anyone can regurgitate information. She's interpreting that information in new ways and, and making you think and go, "Oh, I hadn't okay, I hadn't seen that before." Um, Beth Allison Barr did a very similar thing for me, where I just was, man, I could have just, I, I made me wish I could have like gone to college and taken one of her classes because I could sit Absolutely. and listen to her probably lecture yeah. for hours and just go tell, just tell me more about this patriarchy. But it was, yeah, so that was cool. But it did get to a point where. I kind of started to assume if I sent an email to somebody and invited yeah. them on the show, they were yeah. like, hell yes, when do we do this? And I got a few, nobody out, I don't think I got any like absolutely no's. Oh, I, I got did. a few very polite blow-offs and I got a few like, I'm well... Got I got a, one absolute no. Really? It's one of our heroes. Yeah. 
And I, I really hope that someday that will change. But right now, it's just a oh, no. I remember. Yeah, that yeah. was a no. Like a hell Richard Rohr no. was a no, but with a caveat, right? He's his health isn't isn't the greatest right now. And yeah, yeah the the categorical no was not Richard Rohr, right? The categorical no was somebody else that that just doesn't do religious stuff right. anymore. Even ri- oh oh well yeah that one yeah is that who you're thinking of or were you thinking of somebody else? Uh, I was I was thinking Richard Rohr. Okay, so yeah, we can talk about. We won't name the name, I guess, um, because no, I, was, we, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't an ugly thing. No, and I didn't the, take it that way. Even the absolute no's that we got, none of them were mean. None of them were no, like, no. "What the? Who the hell are you? And why are you e- emailing me?" They were all like, "Ah, uh, no, I don't really do that anymore." Which is the one you're talking about, which is someone who I still absolutely love, and he he knows. I hope that he still has an open invitation anytime he wants on this podcast. Oh, of course, yeah. For those of you who don't know who it is, you don't know who it is, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. He knows who he is, and uh, we love him, and uh, and I love his content. His content is always edgy, always pushing the boundaries of all of this. And for those of you who can't handle it, you know, maybe it's time to get off the bus. Yeah. But uh, for those of you who understand <laughs> what's going on, he's calling out religion for some some pretty basic bullshit and uh i absolutely love it i know a lot of people don't i do i mean nat and i we we come at this from different points of views i think somewhere at the base level nat and i are on the same page but there there are definitely some things that we're not on the same page and that's what makes this fun it's to the point where i'm just like listen john you are entitled to be wrong. It's totally fine with me, man. No, it's well, fine. I, I'm, that. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I am comfortable allowing you to just stew in your own wrongness. Well, and <laughs> PK Langley just posted on our in our group, you know, this this idea of being gentle, right? Uh, which right. is something that I have not been good at. And those of you who don't know who she is, you need to go back and listen to our podcast with her. And then go check out her stuff because she is awesome. Yeah, because PK is the bomb. But it's one of those things. It's like, I'm still learning it and I'm still having problems with it. Is this idea that my ideas are not always right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm absolutely wrong in my thought process and the way I get to where I, I like where I'm at, but maybe the, the, the road and where that I traveled to get here wasn't the best option. And, you know, someone like PK Langley comes along and says, Hey, how about we just how about we just give people the grace to to be on their path and you know offer up these little tidbits of our own little knowledge and our in our journey when it's appropriate, not shoving it down someone's throat, which is something that I'm really good at. Yeah. I mean there's 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 all these different approaches to this stuff and, and I don't honestly think, John, that you need to tailor that approach at all. I think you need to be true to who you are. And your voice is your voice. And, you know, I, I have found myself at times going, I really admire the way somebody, say, say a Brad Jersak, for example. And I really admire the way that he, I just like the way he talks to people. You know, I like the way he interacts with people. I like the way he preaches because it's very thoughtful and it's, um, it's informative. And he, you know what I mean? It's like all those things that you say. And then I'm like, but I don't want to mimic that. I like the way he writes, but I don't want to write like him, you know, and that's, that's the hardest, that's the hardest thing I've had to come to terms with. And in my own writing is I had to go, well, okay, but I'm not Brad Jersak and I'm not Keith Giles and I'm not any of these guys. You know, I'm not Brian Zond. I don't have, you know, I am me. And, and if I'm, if, if, if whatever I'm going to write has, 
is going to have any is going to have any relevance at all. It's going to be because it's my unique perspective. And so, if that means that sometimes that I'm caustic or a little irreverent or whatever, I'm not going to mediate that just to try and soften the blow. If that makes sense. Uh, at the same at the same time, I'm not being intentionally obtuse. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, no, and, I understand what you're that, saying. That's, that's that's not my that, my intention is never it's it my intention is not to offend, although I know that I do offend sometimes. Well, and I think you know my just my stance on some of the basics of the religion offends, and I know that. So this idea that I don't I don't use the word Christian, uh, I don't call myself a Christian. I know that's going to hit hit the mark with some people. I know that's going to cause. It's going to ruffle some feathers. I know that, and maybe part of me is doing it on purpose. Uh, I have to be. I have to be free to admit that. That it's kind of fun to ruffle feathers. It's kind of fun to make people push back a little bit. But shockingly, it's not as much as I thought it would be. Yeah. No. It's I, honestly, I, I I agree. There's less pushback than I than I think I would have experienced three or four years ago. Well, we just we just dropped an episode with an a, an atheist talking about. And I don't know if you listened to the episode back I did recently. We bash the conservative right a lot, and I don't think I don't think they kind of have it coming. <laughs> well, they do, and that's that's part of the problem. And that's, I think that's why we don't get the pushback that we that we were expecting is because we're not just we're not just bashing them to bash them. We're bashing them with like le- le- legitimate issues that we have with what they're saying. When it comes to how they connected to the faith that they raised us in, right? Yeah, they raised oh, yeah. us in a no, faith I... that says Jesus loves everybody. Uh, we need to take care of the poor. We need to take care of the homeless. We need to take care of the the widow. We need to take care. And then they all stand in line behind a guy who does exactly the opposite of that, and they're, they're like, "Well, but right now in this moment in this time, this is the best option." Bullshit. It's not. No, it's just absolutely not. Well, and you know, and it really just brought to the forefront, if I can co-opt one of their own little phrases, the slippery slope that evangelicalism has been on for the last 30, 40, 50 years. You know, the the whole starting with the moral majority, right? You know, yeah. which I remember. I remember my uncle Jim. You remember Uncle Jim used to have a bumper sticker in his car years and years ago when we were kids. It said, "The moral majority is neither." I don't remember that. You don't remember that? No. And I was like, oh. Ooh, that's 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 they're neither moral or the majority. By the way, they're just the loudest. And but they, you know, so Oral Roberts in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, forming the moral majority as a political party. You know what I mean? As a as a as a group that would advance the political agenda of the church, which is still uh, anathema to me that there is even a political arm. But you know, that being said, if if we're to be consistent, there's enough of that criticism to go around. And I would have that Absolutely. same criticism for anybody yep. who wants to co-opt Jesus for their own personal little, you know, their own little agenda or for their own little, you know, mission. So anyone who thinks that I voted for Biden because he was the champion that I thought we all needed will be sadly sadly mistaken when they realize that I I have major issues with some of Biden's character. Some of his decisions. Well, then we're watching some of it play out right now in real yeah, time. We like, really are. Yeah, you're you, you're the guy we thought you were. You know, yeah. which is, you know, just 
based on just based on what we experienced the previous four years, maybe maybe a, a slight step up. But he's a- absolutely a better choice than what we had. I am not going to deny that one bit. But we have many many friends on the left who said we're gonna we're gonna call out his bullshit as we see it, and he's given us a lot to call out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, Joe. You've given us lots of ammunition. But I could not have stomached another four years with the Cheeto. I just couldn't. There's so no way. You better buckle up. You're going to get four more years in, in, a, in a little bit here. I, so, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that the Republican side of this can come up with a better option than him. I don't know. He owns that party. But hey, maybe we'll do this, John. We will plan. We have three years to save up to take our first Camino when yes, that happens. Absolutely. And then maybe just not just, just be not like, be here. Just just yeah. become nomads in Spain yep. somewhere. Yep. Walk I'm, around I'm with Alexander John Shia okay as with our that. guide. Alexander yeah, John Shia, we're working on that. We will be with you on the Camino when the next election happens. Please but. help us make that happen. The <laughs> love of all that's holy. All right. But that so, that, so that's interesting. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I entered into the, some of this, you know, I, you said that we come at this from different perspectives. We also come at this from different vocations. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't cognizant of the fact that I still pastor a church. It'd be kind of hard not to. I'm just curious. I had, I was curious in the very beginning how this would land with church members, you know, who know me, a lot of them know me, but a lot of them don't know me well enough. And the stuff I would say on the podcast, I would never say like that in the pulpit. You know, I'm much more irreverent and I'm, so I do, I do find myself, at least in the very beginning, I would tell people about the podcast and then sort of subtly warn them, like, by the way, you know, we do use a little salty language. (laughs) So just, just be forewarned. This isn't, you know, you know, just, 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 so, just so you know. Can we, can we just, uh, can we address that for a second? Because you know, the the joke is that I wanted the explicit on our on our podcast. That's not the us- joke. That's the truth. I have the email that says it in writing. Dear Nat, we will have an explicit rating. No matter what happens, somebody will use the f word. I just want it known. I'm kidding. Factually, and right now, that you drop the f bomb more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I, okay, so one of my one of my favorite moments. So this is this just popped into my head though. We were talking to Kristen Dumay. Now Kristen Dumay, very well educated woman. I don't think she uttered a profanity the whole time no, she was on she the didn't. show, and nope. I think she and I'm not even sure she wanted to. I don't think she was like like showing some kind of restraint. I just think that's probably her personality. Um, given her role in academia, it's probably just not her habit, right? Right. And we got into a little bit of a heated moment where we were talking about sort of victim blaming with sexual assault. Right. Remember that? Yeah. And we we're like, you know, I, I, and I was, I'm just, I'm, I'm still offended and mortified, you know, by the, by the teachings of, of some churches, you know, that, that, that impose this sense of modesty on women because, you know, by God, you're just going to arouse some poor helpless male who will have no choice. Right. But then to rape you. And I was like, and I think I, I dropped an F-bomb in that exchange. I don't know exactly what I said, but I, I do remember saying, like, what the actual fuck? Right. Like, I'm so offended by that. <laughs> like, I'm, and, and she didn't say anything. You, you won't catch this on the audio because she just, but, but she did give me a, like, a, like, she just sort of stopped in her tracks look, like, 
oh, so it's this kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is happening. I'm like, I'm sorry. You just got me fired up. That makes me so mad. You know, the implication is, you know, that, you know, again, we all know what the implication is. The implication is that somebody reports a sexual assault and the first question is, well, where were you and what were you wearing and how did right, you, how did you right. report yourself? As though any of that freaking matters. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you should be able to, you know, women should be able to walk down the street wearing what they want, doing what they want. I'm not advising it. I'm just saying that should not trigger a sexual assault and be like, well, I'm sorry, you kind of, you, 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 you wore the clothes. Right. What did you think was going to happen? I don't know. I was thinking I might not get raped. Right. Maybe that was the thought that entered my head. I was listening to somebody. It was really weird. It was, a, it was a comedian, and I wish I remember her name, but these days I kind of get bored with radio. And so I have Sirius XM on my, in my truck and I, and I switched over to like the Netflix is a joke radio station, you know, cause it's just like sort of clip after clip after clip. Right. Oh, you know who it was? Um, oh my gosh. What's her name? Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. It was Amy Schumer. Wow. Look at how I pulled that out of, just pulled look, that out of my nice hat. job. And she, but she was, she was telling a joke and it was sadly poignant. And it was this point she was making was like, you don't have, you like, you don't understand like, how often we women are just afraid. Like, like, like we leave our houses in the middle of the night and we run to our cars. Um, we stick our keys between our knuckles so, so that in case I have to fight somebody off between where I leave work and I get into my vehicle, I might have to... Like, like you don't understand. Like we are... This is the culture we live in. Right. Where we're just afraid. And I'm like, you know what? That I know, and she made a you know she made a funny joke about it, but at the same time, like that was a very real sense of like, like that's that that's bullshit. Well, like that, like that shouldn't be that way. And as we as we are, you know, we moved forward in this podcast. I think we have been pretty strong in our opinion on what you know the middle aged white cisgender male, blah blah blah. The Johns and the Nats of the world. Right. And and so we're pretty open about <laughs> our advantages that we have in this in this world, right? And that we're gonna use this platform to discuss the situations that other people that aren't in our you know, our privileged group, and I'm sorry for people who are in our privileged group who don't feel that you're privileged, you are, and you need to understand that you are. And the questions that come up that make you realize how privileged you really are. You know, I don't have to, that, that, that joke you're telling that, that she said, I don't have to run to my car. I don't have to put keys between my knuckles. And there's, I, a, there's a, and there's a place of privilege. Right. And I don't have to worry about what I'm wearing when I walk out of my house. Other than Do you remember what that guy's name was? So John and I went to a past to a to a a church planting conference. This seems like a lifetime ago, man. Um, because so much has shifted since then. Yeah. We were in Las Vegas with the pastor I was on staff with at the time and his wife and John and myself and my wife, and we went to Las Vegas to this pastor's conference. First of all, to to for to <laughs> To my eternal shame, John and I had a chance to go see Fishbone <laughs> and Reverend Horton Heat, and we blew it off to go to one of these conference meetings. We, sh if we, oh god, if I could turn back the I know. clock, and dude. it was like, were they like fifteen dollar tickets? They were cheap tickets, and it was Fishbone and Reverend Horton Heat. Yeah, and we didn't but go. Fishbone, and we didn't go. We didn't go because we, well, had we a, felt we like had we were there for me. But anyway, um, I bring up the conference because there was of all the stuff we heard that weekend of all the stuff that was 
absolute swill. And it was. The only guy that really had an impact on me was the first guy that spoke. Miles McPherson. Miles McPherson stands up in this mega church and has the balls to address the elephant in the room, which was the church's dealings with race. And what he said was, I mean, it, you could have heard a pin drop. It got super quiet. It got, and, and, and they didn't like, I don't know. I just feel like he, I just feel like he, he, he dropped a bunch of truth bombs. But what he, what he said in that, in that, in that 20 minutes or whatever he spoke, one of the things that, that I still think about was this sense of privilege being that of all the problems I have, privilege means that, that the color of my skin isn't one of those problems. So he's not saying you don't have problems. He's not saying, because that's, I get so tired of hearing that. Well, you call me, you say I have, you say I have privilege. I work for everything I have. I was born into a broken home and I had this and I had this and I had this challenge and this challenge. And, and the people on that side of the equation are, are saying, we're not asking you to deny any of that. We're asking, we're not saying that you had, you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. But if there was a ladder, you were born on the second or third rung of that ladder, at least. Even, even, disadvantaged though you were in some ways, the fact of the matter is that, that our brothers and sisters of color can't, <laughs> they, they can't hide who they are. Well, I mean, it comes down to a simple conversation that I know many of my friends who are people of color have had with their children. And that's how to not be black when you're driving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How to, to interact with the right. police you properly. To, uh, I, did, did you ever have a conversation with your children on how to interact with police? So they didn't get killed? No, no. I, the, the conversations I had with my children on how to interact with police were how to more likely get out of a ticket. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm telling my kids, hey, if you get pulled over by the cop, don't be an antagonistic prick because he's probably going to write you a ticket. Right. Not, hey, don't be an antagonistic prick because he might pull a gun and shoot you. Right. Those are two very different conversations. And we, d- we certainly had the, the conversation about, hey, when you interact with law enforcement... Polite is better, right? But it know? was exactly um, it was. But it, but I wasn't afraid for their lives, right? We were we were giving them this advice as to how to potentially get out of a ticket, how to potentially move on their, with their day without having the the audacity of having a little piece of paper that says they're going to have to pay a fine, right? Our friends who are part of the BIPOC community are doing the same conversation, but not so how they can get out of a ticket so they don't get a bullet through the brain. It's a very different conversation. And it speaks to the level of, of privilege that, that, that we have, you know, and, and honestly, when I think about it, like with you and I, John, yeah, I, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I used, I used to say that I grew up poor. I did not. Right. Uh, we grew up broke. There's a very, very big difference between poor and broke, Right. Um, yep. I don't know that I ever in my life wondered where we were going to sleep at night. True. Wondered if there was going to be food on the table. I didn't know that it would be food I wanted. Right. <laughs> it might very well be cabbage or some crap that mom cooked up because we were trying to stretch a dollar. But that's, that's, that's the difference between poor and broke, right? So our whole lives, we lived in houses. Um, we never even lived in, well, you lived in an apartment when you were a little kid, little baby. Um, mom and yeah, dad's first apartment. No I, don't, that, I don't but... remember that. So, but you went to school. You were born into a family that genuinely loved you, a mom and dad who stayed married. Privilege, privilege, privilege. All those things are just little rungs in the ladder, the things that you and I did not have to overcome. Encouraged to go to school, encouraged to pursue higher education, encur- you know, encouraged to pursue our dreams. Really, for that matter, mom and dad would have supported us in whatever cockamamie plans we had, probably. And we had some pretty cockamamie plans. Like, like this the thing we're doing right here. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. And shout out to our dad who, you know, on 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 many levels, thoroughly disagrees with us. Yeah, and yet still helps finance this podcast. Yep. What can I say? My parents. So anyway, I, I'm only saying that first of all, just to give a shout out to dad. Woohoo, dad, we love you. Um, and mom, mom's always the biggest cheerleader. Always, always, always. But that underscores for us, or at least it underscores for me, what an element of privilege looks like. You know what I mean? Of all the problems I've had in my life, one thing I didn't have to overcome was a shitty dysfunctional family. Yeah, we're dysfunctional in, in some ways. We're idiosyncratic more than anything else. I mean, yeah, we have our foibles and, and weirdnesses, but... I think anybody who who isn't able to come to some understanding that they're that they come from some kind of dysfunction, they're living in some kind of made-up dystopia anyway. Yeah. We all we all come from a place of dysfunction in some way or another. And right. uh, it's just how how do you move forward? How do you how do you connect with the people who cause you pain? How do you connect with people who cause you discomfort? How do you connect with people who don't think the same way as you? And that's where I think we are trying to be you know a little different. Yeah. No, as I as I look at our list of I know that John and I were very intentional especially after we booked our first, I don't know, half a dozen guests. <laughs> and we, had, we had more than one conversation. We're like, dude, we cannot book yet another, you know, middle-aged white guy on the show. Um, so if you go back through our first few episodes, Michelle Collins was early on in the mix and she was one I wanted to talk to you right away because she's a friend. And Yeah, I mean, we had Michelle. Michelle was our fourth. Uh, Kyle Butler was our fifth. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we, I think, realized pretty quick that we had to be intentional. Right, but you you just read me off a list of, of upcoming episodes and I think they're all women and women of uh, women of color, at least a couple of them. I mean, so, I mean, we were intentional on reaching out to women and people of color, right? So uh, after that is Carol Wimmer, Sarah Cunningham, Susan Cottrell. Uh, after that is uh, Matthew Cortman. Uh, so, um, yeah. But, but the race just, no, we're, we're, we're like five to one. Woohoo! No. Yeah, and, uh, and some of the people we have coming up that we haven't interviewed yet are very intentional, right? We have, uh, we have, we are, we're going to be talking to people who are within the BIBOC community, which with, are within the LGBTQ plus community. So on one side of it, and I think Nat and I have talked about this before, on one side of it, it's kind of sad. And the other side, it's kind of hopeful, right? It's sad that we have to be intentional about this, uh, but it's hopeful that there are other groups that are also being intentional and reaching out to people who normally don't get a voice. And our goal is to make this normal. Yeah, for sure. Which is a, it's a weird thing to say, right? I mean, every time I use words like that, it's, it sounds so pretentious. It sounds so kind of fake to say, hey, we're trying to normalize these lifestyles. I, I understand. I, I bristled the word too. I don't know what the, I don't know what a better term is. It, it, it's interesting to me that the conversation concerning, especially that community, the LGBTQIA plus two spirit, however, you know, whatever term we want to use for all of that spectrum of people, the conversation is getting better. If only yeah. incrementally, I had a really good conversation with, with a friend whose son is, is, is gay and, He's a very, very conservative, reformed guy, right? And we had a really good, we've had many good conversations about how he's not about to sacrifice his relationship with his son over, over this, you know? Right. So he's made accommodations. I'm not even saying he's come far enough to, to where he thinks that, you know, that he's not 
wrong or that there's not, he just, but even so, at least that first step is, I, I may disagree with this, but I don't care. He's my son and I love him and I'm supportive of him. And he's like, you know, we, he said something to me just a couple of days ago, yesterday, maybe even that, um, you know, it's like, he doesn't know where his son, you know, how he feels about church and where he is in the church. And he's like, he, he said something to him that really stuck with him. He said, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no hurt worse than church love. No, no, he said, there's no, there's no worse hurt than Christian love is what he called it. And so sometimes that love gets aimed at people in a very, in a, in a very weaponized way. You know, yeah. like, I love you so much. I have to speak the truth to you. I love you so much. I can't let you yeah. go fry in hell. I love you so much. I have to try and change you and put you into conversion therapy and see if I can't fix you because you're broken. <sighs> I love you so much that I have to try and, you know what I mean? I got to straighten you out. Sorry, pun intended, by the way. And he's right. You know, uh, like we've, like we've just, we've landed on a place of very judgmental love and, and love is very narrowly defined. So I do like that, that I'm being surprised pretty constantly. Um, by people I thought I knew and who I thought I could predict how they would react. I have another good friend who I went to church with for years, very conservative, very traditional in their religious upbringing and, and their theology, whose daughter um, is openly gay and just got married. And her her attitude towards that whole thing was nothing less than supportive. Uh, it was, and I was shocked. I'm like, uh, pleasantly so. You know what I mean? Like, okay, some... Sometimes it has to become that personal though. Yeah. You know, sometimes it has to be, you know, and, and, you know, sadly we've heard, we'll have Sarah Cunningham and, um, Susan Cottrell. Yeah. Susan Cottrell on soon enough, but we have, we've recorded their episodes and, but they're both parts of organizations that have reached out to kids who, who kids and young adults and people who've been cut off by their own families, who've been cast out and who've been, you know, so sadly, while the conversation is turning, there are still, people walking around who've been pretty much disconnected from their whole families because of this issue and for religious reasons, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful as I see, you know, the next generation kind of come up and they kind of see through a lot of this bullshit and um, they're going to be leading the way, I think, in a lot of this. And I'm really, really hopeful that uh, we'll see kind of a change in you know, change in heart, change in mind, change in spirit of the way we treat people who are, who our generations and generations past maybe marginalized. Oh, no, no, maybe that's, that's a, that's a bad choice of words. They, they, they were marginalized and they were considered less than they were considered below us in some way. Well, we were also proud to stand on this, like this idea of coming up with some kind of equal rights for certain groups of people, but by God, they better also kind of align with us politically and religiously. And they, you know, they better not be gay. They better not be transgender. They better not be any of that other, you know, stuff. Uh, long as they, they fall, they fell in line with our political views, our religious views, then, you know, then we're okay with it. But as soon as they started questioning that stuff too, oh, geez, you know, then, then we have problems. But, um, I digress. Yeah, it's easy to it's easy to soapbox, but those are uh, I was that, that it actually does segue it, it it dovetails into as it were oh this question I was going to ask you. Uh-oh. I'm not sure why my voice just changed. I just got I just got all country on you. I got I all country. Um, I was going to ask you a question about uh, why am I talking like this? What the know. hell is going on, John? I'm not even drinking. You're the one drinking. I know. Oh, great! You're drinking, and I'm acting silly. Um, now I was going to ask you. So, of the people we have coming up. Who are you really looking forward to speaking to? 
Oh, geez. That we have that we haven't talked to at all yet? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, now you're gonna put me on the spot and you're gonna make me call out somebody that I what like better than others. <laughs> well, I mean, like like I really wanna get we had Levi the poet yeah. scheduled and he had to he had to cancel and reschedule and we're really I'd really like to get yeah, him. Back I on. really do wanna and and um his his name has popped up quite a bit as uh I can't wait till that interview happens. And for those of you who are listening, we are kind of in a holding pattern with Levi because I believe he's touring now. So, um, which is good for him. I'm super stoked that he can, that he can tour again. But, um, I'm hoping that at some point we can, we can, we can connect with him because you know how, I mean, have we even talked about that story? That, that was a really weird how we connected with him. I mean, it was so bizarre. And that's kind of through um, Kenneth Tanner, Father Kenneth Tanner. Uh, so apparently Levi the Poet heard that episode. He wrote a poem about the episode and then then uh, tagged us in the poem. I'm like, wow. well, this is, that was all on. I didn't know about that. Yeah, all on Instagram. I had, I mean, I had heard him on some other podcasts that we had, that I connected with. Um, the Reckless Pursuit, uh, I think is the first time I'd heard him was on their podcast. So I already kind of has a general idea who he was. And then just one random day after Kenneth Tanner's uh, episode dropped, I get this notice on Instagram that we were tagged in a, in a post. So I went and read it. It's Levi the Poet writing a poem basically based off the episode we had with Kenneth Tanner. I'm like, well, I'm reaching out to this guy. And so he was, it was an absolute yes. And then something happened. I think, uh, I think it's just, we had to push him out so far because at that time we were going through that whole, everyone was saying yes, which was awesome. And so I think we had to put him out a couple months. And then when the episode was ready to be recorded, he's just like, dude, I'm sorry. I, I just completely forgot. I'm touring. I'm not even at my house. Uh, can we, can we reschedule? And it's like, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. And then so I've reached out to him a couple times. And like I said, he's touring, he's busy. So hopefully at some point we will reconnect with him. But uh, that being said, who are some of the people that I'm super interested in talking to that we haven't talked to yet? Honestly, some of the ones I'm looking forward to are people that we've talked to and we're, and, they're, and they've been invited back. So Meg Calvin, I'm really excited about. Ellen Compton, uh, who's going to talk to us about the Enneagram. That's going to be really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Thomas Ord's coming back. Thomas Ord has just recently asked to come back uh, for a, a book. He is, I think his book, his new book's coming out in February. Lisa Sharon Harper, who is someone who actually reached out to us, which is which is another dynamic that's kind of cool. Is like Nat and I are not even going to pretend to say that we understand how this whole podcast thing works because we don't. We're just kind of going with the flow. We more often than not are asking other people, "Hey, are we?" Are we doing okay? Are we doing this right? Because we we honestly don't know. We don't know if the numbers mean anything or if we should even look at the numbers. We don't know. But I, I would say that having someone reach out to us and ask to come onto our podcast, that, that means a lot to us. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's definitely a change in dynamic where for the first few months, it was Nat and I just emailing everybody that we could think of to ask if they'd come on. And so the first person to reach out to us and say, hey, can we come on your podcast? That was kind of a cool thing. Yeah. And some of these names are people that I'm not even 100%, you know, that I, that I know very well. I mean, we could talk about this a little bit, you know, that we have this private group that's connected to our, our podcast, right? And uh, so we got a, a pretty decent size of group of people that, you know, help us along the way. And 
periodically we'll reach out to them and say, hey, who are some people that you want to talk to? I mean, we would not have talked to Susan Cottrell. We would not, or sorry, is that right? Susan Cottrell? Yeah, Susan Sarah Cottrell. Cunningham. Ah. Sarah Cunningham, Susan Sarah Cunningham, Cunningham Susan Control. We would not have talked to them if it wasn't for people in our in our pod or our uh, Facebook group recommending them. I'm not saying it would never would have happened. No, but but they certainly facilitated. There was a few people like Bio Okomalafe. Yeah, that was a recommendation that came out. In fact, that might have been um, was that Meg Calvin's recommendation? Or I, honestly, maybe it I was don't know. Felicia Merle. Felicia might Merle. Felicia. Anyway, I mean, that um, that episode. Uh, that episode was became what it was, which was Felicia and um, and Mercy Aiken, Mercy Aiken together, because of the recommendation of Felicia. Right? Felicia's like, hey, no, should... it was the recommendation oh, was of Mercy. Okay, I reached. So, I knew Mercy, um, Mercy, Mercy Aiken, and I've been Facebook friends for quite a quite a long time, and I reached out to her, and then she was like, hey, are you looking for some other voices? And so, as a matter of fact, she's going to put us in touch with some um, with some Palestinian voices as well, because she's spent a whole lot of time in that region. And then Felicia was one who almost immediately responded to my my message of "Hey, let's get together and talk." So yeah, and then we ended up doing that episode with them together, which was great. Right. And then out of that, we you know, it's been a, the other thing that's been interesting is is the relationship with choir that is sort of growing. Right. Um, to the to where now Rafael Palendo Palenda um, is is reaching out to us and saying, "Hey, I, we have an author who's about ready to drop a book. We'd like to schedule an you know a, an an episode with them." And so that was how we got in touch with uh, Jonathan Foster. It's how we've gotten in touch. What did you say? The other, you texted me the other day that we've interviewed eighteen choir authors so far. Uh, eighteen choir authors. Um, some of them either have books coming out soon on choir or have done like Katie Valentine obviously is connected to Heretic Happy Hour, which is a choir podcast. And I believe she and Katie, if I'm wrong on this, you can call me out, but I believe she did a chapter on the uh the the compilation book. Before you lose your mind. Yeah. Uh so I don't I don't know if she's written specifically for choir other than that, but she is definitely connected to choir. But 18 people who are either authors or soon to be authors we're connected to choir. Uh, 18 of our episodes. Ralph has been somebody who I've held in pretty high esteem at what he's doing, pushing the boundaries within the publishing world. And so I think we reached out to them pretty quick and saying, Hey, we support you a thousand percent. Uh, anybody that you want to come on, uh, it's an automatic yes because of how transparent and how, how, um, how accommodating he is with with his authors. So uh, that's always been something that we've we've worked towards. Obviously, we Alexander John Shia and his publishing company that is in partnership with Choir also uh, kind of falls under that as well. And um, has I mean I included him in that in that list of people because of their connection. But yeah, it's been to say that it wasn't uh, a, a, an awesome connection would be a lie because... Um, oh, yeah. They, no, it's they been are, a great connection. Yeah, they've been some great people that we've had a chance to talk to. Uh, Matthew DeStefano, Keith, uh, Derek Day, all those guys are just Tom awesome Vic. people. I mean, yeah. obviously Meg and Michelle and Ellen Compton. I mean, the list goes on and on. It's, it's been... Yeah, it's I mean, hard I got, to believe it I hasn't got the list, I got the list here if you want me to read it all out. I mean, this, this is the name of people that we've talked to who are connected to choir. Okay, ready, everybody? Here it goes. All right, here we go. One. Carl Forehand. Two. 
Oh, you're gonna do that between each one. Don't do that. Okay. So, <laughs> no, I'm not right. doing that. No, okay. So we got Carl Forehand, Michelle Collins, Keith Giles, Matthew Destefano, Meg Kelvin, Katie Valentine, Mark Karras, Ellen Compton, December Rose, Jeff Turner, Brandon Andrus, Alexander John Shia, Nick Rude, Todd Vick, Joshua Lawson, Jonathan Foster, Brandon Dragon, Jason Elam. All in some way connected to choir. Yeah. And uh so that's good. I mean, that's so, so what we're saying, um, Ralph is, you know, we're, you, you know, we're just saying it. We're just saying it. Yeah. What, what are we saying? We're just saying. I mean, we're, we're just, just saying, saying we're here that's for it. you, bro. That's all. That's it. Who, yeah. Who's got you? Who's got your back, man? We got your back, Ralph. It's been really cool. Um, we're coming up on probably pushing people's attention spans here. So I want to, I want to ask you one final question and then Uh-oh. we'll wrap it up. You ready? One final I'm question. Ready. One final question. All right. Dream guest. Oh, jeez. So as of right now, you can pick Anybody to have on the show and go. I know who it is. Give me a second. Here, you go with your dream guest first. I'm going to look mine up because I want to say You have to look right. it up. It can't be a very good dream guest. No, it you have is. To look it is. Up. But I, do, I want to say their name right. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. <laughs> I want to talk about how the orthodoxy of Scientology and how it so so neatly fits within Christianity. Well, I, I mean, I, the easy answers that's, that's, to that are that's people like... a joke, like, man. It's like, a joke. I don't. I don't know if that's so much of a joke. I. I think I would still do it. Wouldn't you do it? All right. You wouldn't All talk right. to him about Scientology. No, no I would. One hundred percent. I'd just be afraid that he would brainwash me with his like, <laughs> like piercing blue eyes, and I'd like. You know, he's like four foot two, right? Oh yeah, but I. But I. I, I would kneel down to look into his eyes, um, and then and then I'd be mortgaging my house to you know to level up in Scientology. All right, Elrond, take me away. All right, so. If I had, if if you could give me one person, and I'm thinking personally, just for the for the one person who's been the most influential, it would be Rob Bell. Yeah. Um, just because, literally, for on, on like a, I don't know, man, on ten or twelve different levels, it started with Rob Bell for me, and way back before I even would have called myself deconstructing, Rob Bell was pushing boundaries, and so. I started, I've, I've been reading his stuff and, and following him for, you know, a decade and a half. And I always feel like he's kind of out front asking the next big question. So between him and Richard Rohr. Yeah, Richard Rohr. I mean, for me, I mean, luckily, I guess I, I've had one of the people on that I absolutely, I wanted to talk to, and that was John Lynch. I mean, I was lucky enough to connect with him in a way that he said yes pretty fast. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. lucky that I was able to get him as one of our guests and still one of my favorite episodes always will be one of my favorite episodes because he's always going to be one of my favorite human beings. And the cool thing about he and I is as, as we move forward and our, and our theologies differ uh, than they did when he and I first met, he is so gracious and so okay with that. And he know he knew coming onto the podcast that we were going to have some differences on our theology and he said, yes, anyway. And yeah, then one sure. of the one of the greatest moments in my life was the message I got from him after our episode, which was "Thank you for protecting me. I know you wanted to push farther, and you and you didn't." And that meant more to me than the whole episode because I, I love the guy, and I will always protect him while kind of pushing him a little bit, which we did, uh, but well, nothing major. There's, but there's ways there's ways to push without 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 pushing beyond your boundaries yeah. and your limits. I mean, we have to know that with everybody. If, I, if I'm aware of a particular place of vulnerability, I'm not right. just going to push in that thing just to, you know, just to get it. And I, I'm like you. I mean, the, the people on my short list of people that I wanted to talk to, we've made that happen. 
you know, so if I if, if I was making it if I was making a top ten list, it would have been Baxter Kruger, Paul Young, Brad Jersak, right? Brian right. Zond. Yep. I mean, okay, I'm, I'm already in my top ten. Right. Um, of people that I want, and I've gotten to talk to a couple of them twice because Paul's a super generous guy. Um, so, but I still would love, I would still would love to talk to Nadia Boltzweber though. She needs yes, to get herself. She's on, her on the list, and I will. I actually was looking at emailing her again today. We haven't got a hard no, so I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep asking. And Pete ends. Pete ends is someone I really. I mean, and then this idea that you and I have tossed around with a couple different podcasters, right? Of doing this kind of like crossover podcast. Oh idea. yeah, yeah. And so we've talked to um, Seth Price about doing it. He's he's in. We just got to figure out how to make it work and make it make sense. The guys at uh, Ship, Shipwreck Over Safety, uh, Dallas Verde. Uh, someone else that we've talked to. These are people I want to talk to. And, and one of the main reasons I want to talk to Dallas is because of his connection with and his openness about indigenous rights. So um, one of the, I wouldn't say it's a person, but there's a, definitely a group of people that I want to talk to, and that's indigenous people. I want to talk to people from native cultures, uh, be it North America. I don't, I honestly, I don't care what, Area we talk to these people, but if they're, I want to hear indigenous voices. I think that's a, it's a section of our community that is silenced way too much. But on my short list of people that I really, 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 and I've actually, I went ahead and emailed him, but I don't expect a response, is a, a guy named uh, Colson Whitehead who wrote his most recent book is called Harlem Shuffle, I believe, but he's written a few books that I really like, The Nickel Boys. Is one of the books I recently read by him that I think would be he's he's a voice that I I would love to talk to. the The likelihood of it happening are are pretty pretty low. Tiknot Han is another voice that I would like to, but he you know he's in his nineties. I really doubt he's doing much at this point, but I would love to have a conversation with him. So if anybody knows him, either one of those, and can connect us, uh, uh, I'd I'd be. Forever grateful. Reach out. Let us know. Rob Bell is on my list. Uh, I, I've read every, pretty much everything he's written. Uh, he's definitely someone. I have a, I have, I have the most tenuous of connections. I just need to, just need to push on that a little bit. Be like, hey, remember you said, you know, maybe I offended him with the whole, you know, that whole thing with, uh, with Rob Paul. Bell. Rob Bell knows yeah. that guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Rob. Rob can't be. There's just no way he's a thin-skinned guy with no, all the stuff that he's had to put up with over the years. So, and I, he, I think he's got a great sense of humor. So, Rob, if you're listening, um, which we know, come you on the are. show sometime, man. Uh, of course, he's listening. They're all listening. I mean, they're yeah. all like, "Hey, how come I've been? I'm, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll connect one of these days, buddy." But there, I mean, there's there's lots of other voices. There's lots of other people that um, you know. I, oh, Peter Rollins would be another guy I'd love yeah. to have on the show. Yep, another guy whose accent we'll have to. Just you just have to bathe in it because it's just freaking <laughs> glorious. It's just ugh. You know, as we as we get ready to wind this down, one of the things that I would just ask uh, our listeners is, I think Nat and I are very, very, very grateful for the names that have been brought up and the help that our listeners have given to us in helping us connect with some of these people. So, what I would just ask as we move into this next year, which I'm I, I see as just being another great year for us, I hope, um, is just reach out to us with these connections. And I think Nat and I are more than willing to say yes to these names of people who maybe we don't know, but have um, a different point of view than us. I think 
one of the most important things that Nat and I have done, and I think we'll continue to do, is be intentional about the people that we talk to, and uh, and give voice to people who sometimes are are, are silenced, and uh, and that's just wrong. So yeah, that's all I would say. I agree. I, I'm there's probably not many people who I would be like, no, no, I don't want to talk to that guy. You know, probably John Piper can go get bent. Um, I'm not going to have him on the show. Um, John yeah. MacArthur, like what? But, but you know, those, those are few and far between. There's that one guy, Paul Walker. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just naming names to, so we can add sound effects that are going to go, burr, burr, you know, um, <laughs> and we can end this on an up note of like, hey, um, no actual puppies were harmed in the, in the, the recording of this episode. But it has been, I tell you what, it, it has been one of the biggest surprises of my life, how this has gone down, you know, and, and what's been really fun is, and we've had this conversation on, on the show with many guests before that how many people I have come to really, really love and admire and respect who sometimes sitting down across, you know, sitting down in front of my computer with them is the first time I've ever been aware of them. And all of a sudden we're having this amazing conversation. There's just, there's been way too many of those that, that I'm like, holy mackerel, John and I've gotten off of many of these recording sessions and just went, wow. Okay. That, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, we kind of joke about it sometimes that with some of our guests or uh, Nat and I joke about it, that there's this, air, this, when we have time, this doesn't always happen because we're both very busy people, but when we have time, after we disconnect from the episode, Nat and I just have a, about a 10 minute, 50 minute moment of like decompressing where we just have to like kind of go over what we just heard because it's just astounding. It's, it's remarkable. It's like life changing. Uh, some of these conversations we had and some of these people, like Nat said, we had no, we really had very little idea who they were going into them other than a recommendation or, We've had some kind of connection that we, you know, we thought we kind of knew who they were, and then they kind of com- just completely blew our mind with the conversation. And those were, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that it's it's better to not know who they are as we go into, but some of those conversations turned out to be some of the best conversations we've ever had. Well, sometimes they, I, I, I do think sometimes they're better. You know, um, they're also sometimes very funny because. Because sometimes we ask them questions and they're like, um, you clearly didn't read my book. <laughs> we're like, no, I, know, I, really, I really didn't. I'm like, um, but, there, but it does have a, almost a blind date kind of quality to it where you're like, really are genuinely going, okay, well, tell me something. I don't know anything about you. Let me. And so I think the listener, even if they're familiar with the person, they might get a perspective of hearing about them for the first time because you and I are here yeah. sometimes like I'm, I don't, I'm not leading them on questions. I'm not trying to guide them down a path. I'm just trying to go, Hey, well just tell me in your own words, what is it about? You know? And then from those conversations, man, questions occur. And you know, you and I both yeah. go, Oh, that I'm writing. I'm, I'm taking notes constantly when we're talking to people. And I've just, all I really do is sit here and write and go, Oh, Oh, ask him about this. Okay. Ask him about yeah. this. Oh, he made a, he made a reference to Rene Girard. Let's talk about mimetic theory. Let's, you know what I mean? And yeah. so there's a very organic feeling to how that whole thing unfolds. The next thing you know, you've had a conversation that I think if you went in more scripted, you might not have it. Right. So, and that's, that, all of that sounds like a very nice excuse to just not be prepared. Um, <laughs> but the truth of, and truthfully, that's just sometimes that's what it is. I just haven't had time to sit down and read the book and get, you know, familiar with, with the person. Usually at least one of, one of us has. Right. 
Um, John's usually way more diligent about having at least <laughs> I made a I made a comment to Bio when we had him on that I had scanned an article of his and he's like, Oh, I like that you used the word scan. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I scan I I I I literally skimmed through it looking just to kind of see what it was about. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie to you until you I read the whole thing. Right. But but I have I have flipped through it, you know, and it was <laughs> Like, oh yeah, that's very, that's nice that you, you said that. Anyway, and, and as we go down the road, my reading stack just grows and grows and grows, you know, and it's yeah. ever, you know, um, like everything else in life. Well, but, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's, you know, I've read over a hundred books this last year. I don't think that's, and not all of them are because of our podcast. It's just, it's just in this last year, I've changed my opinion on the, the need to listen and read and hear from other voices. So I've been very intentional on, Reading books by people of color, people in the indigenous community, uh, people of the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so because of that, and I've been super intentional on reading books, not about them, but by them, right? And it's opened my eyes to a whole, whole types of fiction, nonfiction that I just wouldn't have read that I didn't even know existed a year ago. That is absolutely connected to who we've brought onto the podcast. Uh, I do have to say, you know, uh, I'm a little hurt that uh, you know you didn't know who Meg Calvin was when, when we brought <laughs> no, her on, not. and now and now it seems like you guys are like best friends, and uh, I've been I've been relegated to that you know that that guy that once knew her. That's just because I, I paid I, I paid for the privilege, John. That's all it is. <laughs> so you Meg, know, a, I'm a little hurt, but not not that much. I mean, yeah, I, know, I, I I did introduce you guys to each other. It's not like right. Yeah, In case that whatever. sounded like sordid or untoward, I hired her as my writing coach. That's I didn't pay her for her friendship. Um, so you know, I, I realized if you're not if you're not privy, like whoa, well that sounded weird. No, Meg's great, and we're actually looking for. I'm I'm looking forward to having her back on the show because I had an experience similar to your experience when we interviewed her the first time, where I was out for a chunk of that interview. I had technical oh, is that difficulties. One of the Oh. Yeah, I, I missed a good chunk of that. You guys kept, I was like, well, y'all just keep talking. Um, I was having either internet issues or computer issues. So um, I don't remember. And I didn't know enough. I really, that was one of those times when not being super prepared was not great because I, I didn't even know enough to ask good questions. I don't think you did. You know, you'd read some of her book. And so anyway, they, yeah. And we'll have Meg back on again when we can talk more about what she actually does for people like me, where she helps them, helps people who are, you know, maybe have the kernel of an idea for a book, or even if you've already written a book but need help marketing it, or whatever it is, you know, all those other things that you need help with that you, you might be a little overwhelming. So Meg's a great resource. And uh, anyway, but that's that's where I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to leave it off with that. What do you say? Do 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 you're in review. Do 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 hanging out with you. Do 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 been lots of fun. Come back around again. We'll do it again. Some wow wow. That was, that was, um, no, no, no. Bask in the glory. That was that impromptu. Oh, I am. I am. I am. I'm basking. I'm basking in it. It's sad (laughs) that it's the exact same tune that I sang for, for Keith's episode. Do, 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 catching up with Keith. (laughs) I did write another line of that song. It was, uh, uh, how did I go? Do, 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 catching up with Keith. Take a look. I bet he wrote another book in the time that it took to write the stupid song called Catching Up with Keith. There you go. Okay. Well, this has been fun. Um, <laughs> signing off from West Texas and um, Nat Turney's Whiskey Emporium. Until next time, this has been This Is Not Church. Peace out. Bye now. 
Bye. Thank you for listening to This Is Not Church. Be sure to rate and review the podcast on your platform of choice. If you would like to partner with us, visit patreon.com slash thisisnotchurch, where you will receive exclusive content such as early access to episodes, videos of upcoming episodes, and live Q&A sessions. Be sure to check out our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. We'll be back soon with another episode.